It would be my privilege to read the word of the Lord to you this morning from Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people May the Lord bless his people with peace. This is the word of the Lord. I wondered if you could help me read that this morning in a, uh, in a different way. Uh, we have four sections, and so I think that as we read Psalm 29, that it kind of sounds like a storm. Not sound, it is. The author is, is using a storm as an analogy as it moves from the heavens down into the earth, through the woods, into the mountains, and then out into the sea. And so I wonder if we could recreate the storm. I, I, I would like the first section, all right? So everyone has to participate. So everyone just needs to, to loosen up a little bit, and you each have a role to play, okay? The first section is going to be our hush section. The Psalm 29 begins and ends with a meditation of the Lord's holiness, all right? And so, uh, but as we read the scripture again, we need the first section to remind us at the beginning and at the end that it is time to be quiet and to be still. And so when the first section, your participation is going to be to hush us, right? So I imagine going, shh. All right, so can we just practice first section? You ready? Okay, better, more emphatic. Gene, I need you to participate, man. The whole thing rests on you, brother. Okay, I'm just kidding. I called him out. Okay, you ready? Shh. Oh, that's good. So when you hear that, be silent. And we'll probably only be silent for like two seconds because after that it gets awkward. But they'll say, they'll silent us and then we'll be silent and we'll read the scripture. And then we'll move into the next section, which is like a rain that is beginning to fall. So can you snap your fingers with me? The whole section, all the way. Okay. When I... <laughs> Gene's awake! When I, when I point to you, you can snap your fingers, and then we'll call it off, okay? And this section is going to be where the, where the storm picks up, all right? And so you, you, you need to really use some energy. I need you to pat your legs, okay? We are. Logan, like you want to be here, buddy. Come on. Ah, that's it. That's it. Okay, done. That's good. Judah was really emphatic. All right. And then uh, this section is the dissipating of the storm, the storm as it begins to let up and release and move on. And so could you rub your palms together? Oh, yeah. You may have to rub fast so we can hear. Yeah, that's good. Okay, that's good. All right, so I would like us to read the scripture again with 
this, the, the full 3D sound, surround sound effect of our sanctuary becoming a storm. All right, you ready? This is the word of the Lord from Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, all say glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks for letting it come to life. Have you ever experienced an annoying echo? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like especially in someone else, someone that always echoes what you're saying. And sometimes people do it just to be annoying. Like I'm imagining someone's probably going to start doing that to me right now since I mentioned it. But sometimes people do it uh, coincidentally. They don't don't know that they're doing it, and it, it makes it maybe even more annoying. When I was a freshman in high school, one, you have to understand that my peers were going through a thing called puberty. That's maybe something that I didn't realize was a thing until I was like 25 years old. Okay, so when I, when I was 14, I was far away from looking like my peers. I was five foot two and 115 pounds. This was me as a freshman in high school, and I played baseball. I played baseball for a guy named Brent Comer. And there's one thing that I always brought to athletics, and it was one thing. It was never athleticism (laughs) it was heart it was heart if you would uncover the box of my medals and trophies you would find a plethora of heart awards okay I got a lot of those never got any MVPs never got any first places I got a lot of passion okay the passion award goes to Jake and so that's what I brought to my freshman baseball team God knows I didn't play and so the one thing that I had that I brought to my team was heart and passion. And I remember we were playing uh, Columbus East, which was just about a half hour away from our school. And uh, uh, the game got done, and Brent, uh, Mr. Comer, gathered us, and we we knelt down beside him. And he began to go over the keys of the game, which we lost, okay? And so he's going over the keys of the game. And I realized, since I didn't contribute anything to the the game, I rode the pine, that was nice, Um, what I could contribute was a voice of encouragement, like a little mini coach, all right? And so every time, every time Brent said something, I just repeated it. Like, I felt like he needed me. Like, that's, this is where I can help the team, coach. And so he said, guys, we dropped a tough, tough one. And I'm on my knee, you know, I got, I'm taking a knee. I'm like, oh, guys, tough one, tough one. 
And then he he says, we need you guys to play with passion. I'm like, passion, guys? Passion. And And then he's like, Tyler, I thought you did a good job. Tyler, nice job out there today. And finally, we get, we, okay, we get through three or four of these, and finally, uh, and this is another story for another day, but they call me Squat, okay? And so, finally, he looked at me, and he goes, Squat, shut up! <laughs> Do I have an echo in here? And then, ah, I'm teaching <laughs> passion, hard, didn't realize I was being annoying. Uh, I'm teaching my daughter an echo. In fact, we practiced it this morning. Uh, we, my wife and I, are teaching our daughter and our son. He's just not old enough to speak these words yet. But we're teaching them an echo. This morning, Hallie and I got a practice as she woke up at 5.40 a.m. And she was awake, and I walked into her room as I was getting ready, and I knelt down beside her bed, and I put her on my lap, and I held her, and I asked for a good morning hug, and she hugged me really tight. And I kissed her on her forehead, which she thinks that's really yucky. Wipes that off. Then I said, Hadley, I love you. And she echoed back to me, I love you. I'm not sure if Hadley knows really the words in depth. When she echoes back the words that I share with her, it means so much more to me than Hadley will ever be able to imagine. She won't probably, it will take years of therapy, I know, <laughs> it will probably take years of therapy for her to realize the love that I have for her. I know when she says those words, she's imitating. I know that. But boy, is that a beautiful echo, Mark. <laughs> that is a gorgeous echo. Psalm 29 is reminiscent of another type of echo. You ever been dead asleep at night? And awoken with the echo of a thunderstorm. When it claps in the sky. And it startles you. And you can hear it reverberate down. Maybe if you're like me. You'll look for the flash of the light. And then try to count the seconds. Before you hear the crackling of the thunder. To see. I guess that's supposed to mean how many miles it is away. right? And then you listen for the echo of the coming storm. Well Psalm 29 as we experienced this morning. Is actually. It's actually written as an allegory of a storm. As it moves and gains with power. And you, if you use your imagination, can hear the echoes of timber snapping. Trees being uprooted. Winds rushing through the chaos of the waters. Oh, I tell you what. If Psalm 29 is anything, It's terrifying. If we only look at the production of the storm and chase the echoes of the thunder, Psalm 29 is actually horrendous and it's terrifying. Things break. Stuff flashes. The world shakes. Whirlwinds kick up. Things are stripped bare. Break, flashing, shaking, whirling, stripping. Man. The storm can be scary. The scripture often uses water to denote things of chaos. Water is very present here in Psalm 29. Imagine, if you will, 
if you were alive in the days of Jesus? You probably wouldn't have a GPS device, right? You probably wouldn't have before GPS devices, those really nice, big, printed atlases that you carried in your car. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you could see where you are, right? Back in those days, the world was not round. The world was flat. And so when they got to the edge of a sea, all they knew that what was beyond them was mystery and unknown. And at any second, that sea could rise up like a tsunami and engulf them. At any moment, the storm could move in from the heavens and over these waters from which they had not traversed yet. So they did not know as far as east was or as far as west was or that there was a land like South America or a land like North America. All they knew is that what was in those waters they could not control. And there was times when those waters became so chaotic that it overcame their life. Think of the flood in Genesis chapter 7. What is used to destroy the earth? Water. It can be chaotic. Think about Pharaoh and his soldiers as they're chasing the Israelites. What's used to destroy Pharaoh and his soldiers? Water. The plagues in Exodus. One of the plagues was to contaminate the water so that then the rest of the people would be contaminated. Water carries this destructive power. And this chaotic unknown. What's out there in the deep of the waters? Anyone ever go swimming in the ocean? Ever get freaked out by what's around you? Things are living all around you. There was a lady. We lived just off the coast in, uh, uh, where did we live? Florida. Thank you. (laughs) Florida. Port Orange. We lived in Port Orange, Florida, just south of Daytona Beach, and there was a lady that went swimming. And uh, she was swimming a mile or two that day along the coast. And as she swam, uh, she's fine. She was fine. She just, it was a scary experience. As she swam, a shark came up and just, just got her. Isn't that crazy? You never know. And she was fine. She, she swam out of the water. She was fine. But you never know what's out there. Waters carry this mystery, this unknown, even to us today. But could you imagine even back then where they didn't know the water stopped, where they didn't know maybe the waters just went on for eternity, on and on and on and on. So if we just pay attention to the elements of Psalm 29, it can be a quite terrifying word. But perhaps Psalm 29 is not about the storm, not about the patter of rain, the clapping of thunder, the dissipating of the storm. Perhaps Psalm 29 is not about the storm at all, that which moves down from the heavens, comes in and wrecks havoc. But it's about the voice. Did you notice in Psalm 29, about every line, the voice of the Lord? The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. In the beginning, there was a formless void. And there were waters. What does water represent? Chaos. In the beginning, there was a formless void. And there was these waters of chaos. And a darkness that hovered over the chaotic waters. In the beginning, there was a storm. But there's also a voice. 
But there's a voice in the beginning. What does the voice do? The voice goes to the waters of chaos and the voice hovers right in the darkness. The voice pitched right there in the darkness over the chaos. The voice does what? What voices do? It speaks. What happens to the universe when the voice over chaos speaks? It's ordered. It's ordered. It's structured. It finds its rhythm. Once the things that were unknown, the things that were terrifying and actually a threat, things like water then began to find its place. And things like the sun with rays so hot it could burn us before we could blink begins to find its place, its function, and its purpose. Not just the sun, but all the stars in the sky. In the beginning, the voice breaks in over the storm and orders the elements. Wow. I wonder what it was like on the day Jesus was baptized. You know, Scott read that scripture for us. And I, I'm not sure if we had that scripture, Carson. It's, it's Mark chapter 1, verse 8. If you, the NRSV, yeah, if you could, whenever you find that, Carson, if you just throw that up there, that'd be great. Take, take your time, no rush. But the scripture that Mark read for us this morning was the scripture of Jesus' baptism. I wonder what it must have been like for Jesus to show up on the scene. And where does Jesus go? To water. And he stands in the water. Don't you know, Jesus, that that water could destroy you? Don't you know, Jesus, that that water could wreck you? That that water could rise above you and that water could choke you? That you could drown in that water? Jesus, don't you know what's in that water? There was a lady swimming once off the coast of, the, of, of the Florida, Jesus, and she got bit by a shark. Don't you know that story, Jesus? You know all things. Why are you standing in the water? <laughs> You're going to get yourself killed there in the water. I wonder what it must have been like for the people standing around the chaos to watch Jesus get emerged right in it. All of his head, his whole body, every part of his limbs, every little bit down to his toes, his fingers emerged in the chaos of the unknown. I wonder how long Jesus was down underneath that water. How long did John the Baptist hold him there as the chaos swept over his body? What must have it been like if we were standing around those waters and watched Jesus emerge and submerged in that and then brought out as if these chaotic waters were nearly a bath? What must have it been like to watch Jesus emerge in something that could kill him, but then taken out of it and dripping head to toe like he'd just been cleansed? As if the storm had healing properties. As if the chaos had this redemption about it. That he could wash him and cleanse him. And then, Scott, you read the scripture. It's a powerful scripture. And then... 
there was a what? Oh, you don't. Oh, come on, guys. There was a voice. And then there was a voice. I wonder if it was the same voice of Genesis 1. The same voice that's not afraid. That doesn't cause the storm. A voice that orders the storm. I wonder if it's the same voice in Psalm 29. Not a voice that is controlled by the storm. No, this voice is so powerful, nothing controls it. Not a voice that's controlled by the storm and not a voice that controls the storm. I think that's important for those that might feel like they're in a storm. That God does not control it nor is controlled by it. But orders it. I wonder when Jesus is up out of the water and the heavens are torn and the voice of the heavens comes down if it's not the same voice that speaks into the chaos of the beginning and says, find your place. And the voice over Jesus. What does this voice say? Oh, come on. Nailed it. There, you nailed it. This, you nailed it. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Not only is the voice present in the chaos, but what does the voice do? What does the voice do? It breaks into earth with an echo. Oh, man. The same echo, Darla, that you taught Taney when she was young. Not Tate, because he's a rascal, but, but Taney. Taney's good. Just kidding. Tate, if you're listening to this, I love you. The same echo. You put Taney, you perched Taney up on your uh, knee or however you did it. And you told her you loved her until she was old enough to tell you she loved you back. And there was a time once. I tell you this story all the time, but it's made special this morning because my dad is here. There was a time once when I was 26 years old and I was standing in the living room of my Fortville home. And it was the most chaotic season of life I had experienced. That It was just a lot of darkness. And there was a voice. Three hours of anger. <laughs> but then at the end of it was the voice of an echo. Son, I'm not afraid of your storm. I didn't cause this. And I'm not deterred by it. I love you. And my father spoke those words to me until I was able to speak them back. See, there are going to come a time, parents, where you're going to have to tell your children over and over and over and over again, I love you. I love you. I love you. One day that echo will come back. Don't be afraid of the storm. No, like the heavenly father instead, speak over the chaos. Parents, let your words of affirmation be order in your kids' lives. Let your words of love give them rhythm and grace. Echo. Man, shout it like a storm wrecking the forest. Shout it as loud as you can. I love you. I love you. I love you. One day, Ben will know these words and he'll look at me and hopefully he'll say, Dad, I love you too. Teach them the echo. 
I want to close with this. You're just as amazed as I am that this was this quick. <laughs> I want to close with this. Kevin, you can come. Maybe that will hold me accountable. Pastor Justin will be ready for you in just a minute. Okay. That as God opens up the heavens and speaks over the chaos this time in his son Jesus, that God is teaching Jesus the echo. And so Jesus stands there like a child, just like Hadley and just like Ben. And this time he's caught up in the lap of his father as the voice echoes over him. And it's like Jesus got one hand up with his father. And his father saying, son, I love you. And Jesus is learning this echo and then he's coming right back out to us. And he's learning the voice of his father so he can speak it over you. And so the person of Jesus is the living echo. What does God think of us? What he thinks of Jesus. What does God desire for us? What he desires of Jesus. How much does God love us? The same amount that he loves Jesus. He teaches his son the holy echo. And Jesus echoes it us over us. He comes out of the waters that could destroy him, but instead represent redemption and salvation. And he speaks that love over us. Come to the water. It will not hurt you. It will redeem you. I wonder today, I know because I just know it, that if there's some of you today that are experiencing things that are just absolutely storms, I don't know why that's happening. I know you want to know. I want to know. I want to know why God sees this and what God thinks of this. But I'm confident that God is not the cause of your storm. That God is not saying, hey, I want to see how much Jake Edwards can go through. I'm going to let him go through a ton of panic. This will be fun. I don't think God causes that. I think God is the voice that hovered over me when all I could think about was dark, depressing thoughts. That God was that hovering voice that said, Son, I love you. Waiting to hear it back. I think God is the God that was there in the beginning that enters the storm, hovers around the chaos and orders it. And that God is like Jesus who comes to you when you cannot think anything good about anything. Holding on to the hand of the Father, he holds on to you. I love you. I bring light into darkness. This is the season of Epiphany. I bring light. I bring peace. Take on my yoke. You'll find that it is easy. I lift your burden. I give my life for you. I will lay down my very life for you, child. I Love you. The voice of God that echoes through Jesus tells us we are children of the God who hovers over the storm. And so, church, I hope you came today ready for good news. Oh, and the good news I give you is that you are good and that you are loved and that you are a child of God. And the voice over your life is the voice that controls the storm. Hold on. Hold on, I just, I spoke over myself. It's a voice that can redeem the storm and order the storm. 
It's a God that is not afraid of whatever it is that may be chasing you in 2018. God is not afraid of it. God has a voice for it. Psalm 29 is terrifying if this is about the anger of God. Psalm 29 is totally redemptive if this is about the presence of where God goes. I want to tell you a quick story. I've lost track of the amount of people that have echoed me in this season. If If you've been skipping church, you've been real bad, okay? But if you haven't been here for a while, I'm just teasing, but if you haven't been here for a while, then you may not know that just because of the way God made me, (laughs) my body is susceptible to anxiety and to panic. And I actually can chase these panic attacks all the way back to when I was 15 years old. I don't love that about myself, but I'm learning to accept that's who I am. That's who I am. And uh, here recently, if you haven't been around here recently, I actually got to a point that I didn't know that I could even be in this space. That I, I kind of, I actually, I left the church. I ran out. <laughs> I was trying, I was just trying to find a breath of fresh air. And I kind of lost my place for a little bit. I have lost track now of the amount of people that have come and talked to me. But I do remember Friday. Friday I was in Bonnie's office. If you have never been to Bonnie Perry's office, just barge in. She'll love it. Just barge in. Look, I'm just kidding. She sits over the 16th floor of the Lathrop and Gates building overlooking Union Station. It's awesome. I told Bonnie I wanted to talk to her. Really, I just wanted to look out the window. I was talking with Bonnie, and Bonnie says, Jake, listen, see if you catch this. Says, Jake, don't you know that you're good? Jake, don't you know that you're loved? Jake, you are a good person. Jake, I love you. What? No, Bonnie, that's what I say to you. That's what I say to you all the time, right? All the time I tell you that I think somewhere along the way in 25 years, New Beginnings Church forgot they were good. And so I tell you all the time, you're good, right? This isn't the first time you're hearing that, right? You're so good. But what's crazy is in the midst of my storm when I couldn't regulate right or up, and I am not leaving you. I want you to know that. Maybe the voices in my head said leave, but I'm not doing that. That's not happening. But as I couldn't figure that out, guess what voices begin to echo their pastor? You. You did. You began to call me and email me and text me and sit with me in your offices. And you begin to say the very words that God has been saying through me. You're echoing them back now to me. Jake, you are love and you are good. And this body is grace in my storm. The storm does not win. The storm will not conquer. Instead, what wins is the voice of God that echoes through humanity. So last thing. Deb, just got your voice did. I don't know everything. But I do know that you carry within you the echo of God. So stand strong in the storm. And say, I serve one. Who is not conquered by, who does not overcome by, but instead God overcomes. I am loved and I will stay strong in the storm. Could you imagine if you were the lighthouse in your workplace, the conduit that stood in the middle between them and God and you echoed what God echoes over you. I can tell you it's been salvation for my life to hear you tell me what God spoke through your heart. 
I think we ought to share that with our neighbors. I think we ought to share that with our family. I think we ought to share that with our friends, our co-workers. Oh, man, I think we ought to share that with people we've never talked to in this church that we've seen for 25 years. We just never really know. I think we ought to go to them and tell them, you are loved. I know this because God's echoing that over me, and I'm echoing that over you. I want to invite us. Every Sunday, we have an altar call. It's the call to this altar (laughs) and to receive this meal. And I just want to encourage you now and in the seasons ahead. If you ever, upon receiving the elements, hear something, either in the music or through the course of your week, or in the words that have been spoken by the pastor, that you want to respond to, the perfect place to do that is at these altars, (laughs) upon receiving the elements of the altar. And so I just want to tell you, I'm not going to look at you weird. No one's going to look at you weird. If there's a place where you just need to go to pray, maybe to pray with someone else, maybe to hear the echo of God's love over you, or maybe you need to go to a brother or a sister and say, we need to pray today. I need to tell you how much I love you. I just want you to know, I woke up this morning convicted that I need to tell you this. We can always pray here. All this is is a public declaration of the need of God. And we all have it. We all have it.